On this episode of The Playbook, I have one of the baddest MFers in the whole world, Jorge Masvidal, UFC fighter and the BMF title holder. And we're going to discuss how he accomplished all his goals during his historical 2019 fight campaign. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is The Playbook where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I have another champion in the ring and out of the ring, Jorge Masvidal. I gave it my best shot, UFC champion. But most people don't know, your grit, street fighter, your heart, now transfers over into the business world, which I'm most interested in. Tell me the start. All the stuff that you learn from, you know, the street fighting days, beating, you know, Kimbo's boy all the way to the championship. And even as an announcer, what skill sets are most used now just in the business world, which I think is the fiercest ring in the world? <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been doing business for a while for myself. For my brands, um, I have a mascot line that I launch, and that's a lot of business. Every day I'm meeting with 20, 30 people, plus my team, plus their team, plus distributors. So my life has been sports and business since since I could remember. Whether I'm negotiating a sponsor before when I was up and coming for $2,000 to be on my shorts, and when negotiating or a manager trying to get money out of me or something like this, you know. So I, I've been dealing with business for a while. And one thing that I take from fighting now, you couldn't just get it from if you got a one street fight or something, but to fight at a high level, you have to be diligent, you have to outsmart and outtrain everybody. I think I always say this quote is one of my favorite, Abraham Lincoln said, if you give me six hours to chop a cherry tree, I'm gonna spend four polishing my ax, sharpening my weapons. You know, and it's the same thing in, in fighting, it's the same thing in business. Everything I do with business, I research as much as I can. I wanna know as much as I can about it. I want to make sure that any type of business that I'm in there, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but I want to know everything that everybody knows, you know what I'm saying, related to that business. And to that matter, you have a lot of mentorship around you, you ask for help. One of the difficult things about being an athlete is that a lot of people will take advantage of you, manipulate you. How, what? are you looking for for mentorship when you're finding someone that you can trust because so many people you're around yeah. 20 people there hitting you up well um for starters i'm i'm with uh, the guy that had faith in me had faith in me before the world did you know and um as i started going up the paychecks just kept getting bigger this individual's never done me dirty he's my manager and he's also my best friend you know so we uh we've been a lot together through you know um it's, it's tough to find somebody in my line of work that's actually solid, that tells you I'm gonna get you $10,000 for this and actually gets you $10,000 for that, you know, because they'll pocket 2,000 and they'll right. be like, oh, I was only 8,000. It's, <laughs> it's hard to find those guys. And you would think in this business, you wouldn't rip off a fighter, but they get ripped off plenty. But it happens to like all athletes. They kind of, a lot of athletes don't have a good value of money. Absolutely. They make $100,000 for an appearance kind of that uh, reality where money disappears because, man, I went to a nightclub and I got $100,000. So the reality for for that money, it's it's misunderstood for athletes and celebrities a lot. It, when it comes to business, not at all for me, man. I'm, I'm business is business. Yeah, and you pay attention. So, you know, I ran a big sports agency, Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, and I saw a lot of athletes not paying attention 
to what they do. Yeah. Obviously, you're a planner, you're a reader. Yeah. You know, one of the things I loved about Kobe Bryant is he was a voracious reader and you're looking for knowledge in a variety of different places. You talked about how alignment is so important. You spend four hours sharpening and polishing your ax before you chop down the cherry tree. Taking action is also important and you're very productive with your time. You know, there's so much you have going on with Mescal, with your other career in sports. How do you manage time, which is, I think, one of the biggest uh, characteristics of successful business people? I, I got goals in mind. I was laid out simple and plain for you, so it's not like mysterious. I have goals in mind set. I had them in 2018 going in 2019 for the Mescal venture. For a lot of the business ventures, I had to do it right on my side. And it couldn't have gone a degree to the left or the right. It had to be exactly the way it did. I got fight of the year, knockout of the year, fastest knockout of the year, all, all these things. They were already pre-planned. We were already, we had a plan in motion. Whether it went this way or that way, we had a plan in motion. And we executed that plan to a T. I think with businesses, it's a lot like that. You know, you got to put the blinders on and just go, man. That's what I do. I submerge myself in work. I, I really don't go out. And if, if you see me at a nightclub, I'm getting paid to be at that nightclub. And then I'm immediately back home getting ready for my gym session. Yesterday, I was here all day. But if it wasn't here all day, I would have been at the gym all day. And that's all I do is I'm at the gym or I'm at the office. I'm at the gym and I'm at the office. For me, it's easy to submerge myself in work. A lot of people want to be successful, but they want to go to the club on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. And then on Monday, they're getting outperformed by everybody in the fucking office and they're wondering, why don't I get the raise in the promotion? Shut your fucking ass up. That's why, man. Get to work, you know? And that's something that I do. I don't, I don't give a fuck about the social media, about even hanging out, man. If it's not productive to what I'm doing, I'd rather just get some rest time and go to sleep than go to a bar and have a beer with somebody and just bullshit. It, it's not my cup of tea. You know? Yeah, well, you're obviously extremely focused, competitive, and gritty. There's a money component to it, right? You Obviously, like me, I grew up poor like you. My goal was to buy my mom a house and a car. That's a you great know, goal, man. You know, nine months I lost school, I did it, became a multimillionaire wow. myself, lost $100 million and made it back by being focused again. I lost my focus just like an athlete, right? I thought I was bigger than I'm the game. Pick, I'm going to pick your brain, man. Oh, <laughs> well, I do executive shit. coaching with guys like you to help show that but one of the interesting things is what is your relationship with money because what i didn't have a good relationship with it because for me i dreamed about it so much that i had everything and then i felt empty right yeah. you seem to just be driven what, what where do you see that relationship with money well uh our first money was like the slippery thing i would say you know to get like a hold of it you know, coming up, money was very scarce. Um, I, memories of going like to the supermarket and whatever the government allowed us to buy, that's what was bought. And you like, oh, I want that. And your mom's like, no, you're not getting that. So those like memories. So man, I'm gonna have my fridge filled with so much food one day and and, and things like that. So th those are things I like. If, if my fridge is full, I'm I'm happy, man. You know, but uh, money's tough, man. You you need it, but I'm not in love with it. You know. Yeah. What, I, I what chase are it a lot because when you chase it, yeah. Uh, I, I chase it because my kids are gonna definitely need it. My father, my family. I I have a lot of people to look after. You know, and this is one way to look after them. You know. And it's interesting. You talk about you know because I had the same experience with food and our family. You know, there wasn't enough food. I remember oh, my mom, six kids buying two French fries, putting it in a bowl, and you know it was Eat. a big deal too to get yeah. something that wasn't. Yeah you know, from the grocery. Yeah. But I remember when my mom could not provide for me, what her face looked like. I still get choked up, yeah. working two jobs, packing my dinner oh, in a paper yeah. bag, you know, and literally when I get 
lazy or complacent. Like I, you know, you get those memories. Back. Yeah, I put it right back. And is there something in your visionary oh, framework man. that you think about? Like when things get tough, you're like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, I got. I, I'm the baddest motherfucker just, off just, the field. Just you shared that memory. Uh, memory popped in. My mom had. She was working for a dollar car rental agency. She also had a job as a cardio instructor at like a baddie total fitness. She'd put like four hours in and at the time she was getting like $20 an hour exerting work because she was doing the cardio classes, but she was getting money there. And then on top of that, she used to get necklaces. She, she'd have these huge boxes and she'd put all these necklaces and beads together, make like these nice necklaces and ship them out to wherever they were going to. And that was her gig Monday through Sunday. And I was just watching her do this. I'd be sitting on the couch, we'd be saying at my aunt's house, she had a mattress on the floor. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd just watch my mom doing these necklaces. So it set in me a work drive to, if you want something, there's no nothing about it, but just doing that something, you know? I'm gonna be the best rock climber, the best basketball player, you gotta get after it. So those memories right before I compete, if I'm not where I need to be at, everything happens here before it happens in the body. It all happens up here. I, I know what memories to pick from. I'm not feeling hungry enough. I just gotta remember when I used to be hungry all the time, going to sleep hungry. I wake up and go get that workout in, you know? Yeah, creating reality. I always say ego, the E-G-O, edges either goodness or gold out of your life when you got an ego, right? And you're you're so humble, um, but fear is something that gets in the way of people. Yeah. And to be a champion like yourself and literally the baddest motherfucker on earth, literally, how do you, I, I, pra I have a practice, it's called practice ending fear, because the less fearful I am, the more I can draw from the yes. source of power I'm connected yes. to. How do you practice ending fear? Um, it's not that I don't feel fear, because uh, a lot of people might mistake. It's not that I don't feel fear. It's I grow with the fear. You know, if God forbid something happens, like in a, it, I've been in situations where bad public things have happened, where people freeze and I react and move my adrenaline starts pumping. When I get fear released, something else gets released, which is my adrenaline and it starts to course through my body. So for me, it's easier to deal with fear. I actually paid to get scared. I I, I want to go to a scary <laughs> movie that can scare me. Nice. So fear doesn't really uh. I don't see it, not in my sport and fighting. I have fear more of business negotiations. Man, I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this and money. Let's see how it goes. But in fighting, there's there's not much fear associated with it. Well, you, it, feel, it feels as if you're more afraid of losing money than losing a fight. Yeah, that's for a fact, you know? <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, or even getting hurt in a fight. It's not even a, a thought in my mind, you know? Yeah. And now, as far as your kids and your family, that's what motivates me. I always say, yes. I make money to help people. In fact, people ask about your why, and I always say, everybody already knows their why, they may be afraid to share it, but it's always to help somebody else. That's what really motivates us. But there is also, you know, a discipline to doing things every day. And I love the fact that you talked about, you know, even the guy that just goes out to the club on Thursday, he exponentially is weaker than you, right? That, what does consistency mean to you in your success? Con consistency is, it's every consistency times sacrifice times dedication equals success. You know, it's just every day piecing it together, piecing it together. I used to, I've always been good at my craft. So I haven't always lived this, not that I'm straight edge, but this firm focus on what I'm doing, you know? I used to go out till four or five in the morning, get in my car, go to the gym, sleep there for like four or five hours when practice would be at 9.30. I'd wake up, go kick everybody's butt off four hours of sleep and go about my day, you know? And I did that for a long time because I was like, man, 
but I'm better than all these guys. Why should I have to change? And I would tell my coach, but why do I have to change? I beat your best guy. I wasn't pushing myself. That that was me at my worst. I might have still been the best guy in the room, but that doesn't mean that that was going to make me ready for the world. You know, so it's a lot of times people, I think, undersell themselves. They rather be doing things that are absolutely detrimental to them that they don't even know. Even maybe watching TV, watching something stupid that you don't need to be watching on top of, instead of getting rest or reading something that might save your life one day or, or things like or that. Expand you know? your life. Expand your life, you know? So two things that I teach that I see for the future generations, you know, being a top executive business coach, people ask me, oh, what? my kids, you know, what would you encourage my kids to do? I, number one thing is just toughness. Yeah. I, I don't think that we're teaching toughness the way that we learn toughness. No, no, and for any, whether you have money or not, even kids that don't have money, they, they don't have this yeah. grit, this yeah. grind. And then two, is it's the, these things have like you know just destroyed kids' minds. They don't go outside and play and get hurt. They, it's so yeah. so many things. Stick man. up for themselves. Stick up for others. Yeah. Now they have this thing where if you're getting bullied, go tell somebody about it instead of dealing with it yourself. You know. Yeah. I think that builds a lot of character. If I could just tell you, hey, don't make fun of me. You know, leave me the F alone. I don't, I shouldn't have to tell somebody, I think. You know? Yeah, and then them tell somebody yeah. as well. It's interesting that you say that because most people would have thought when you answered that, you're like, you know, you need to stick up yourself and beat the crap out of me. Yeah. You were, you were diplomatic saying, yeah. hey, you're just. Well, it, yeah, if somebody hasn't hit, if somebody's starting to hit you, you got to end them is always what I say. <laughs> In but five it, seconds or yeah, less. Five seconds or less, <laughs> and that's it. And then walk away before the cops get there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Mescal, obviously, people think of the alcohol space the distribution of liquor is a very crowded space but yet every year there's new brands that get bought and sold for over a billion dollars what are some of the unique aspects of mezcal and why did you get involved we uh we did our homework diligently we had a couple companies offer us with a with very enticing deals a lot of upfront money and we did all the pros and cons of of every deal possible Another thing that I also invested in this strictly business talk, I saw the, the, the lines, the, the profit margins that I could make from Mezcal compared to vodka, compared to whiskey that, that are selling, I don't know, the, I forget the exact numbers now, but they're up there in the cases, yeah. hundreds of thousands of cases, 750,000 cases, 900,000 cases. I saw them the scout cases where they were getting sold out, and I said, whoa, there's a huge disparity here. Tastes amazing. I've never had a hangover from it, so that's the main reason why I stick to it. I was like, man, I, if I could bring this to the States, I have a huge ceiling. I have a lot of room for growth, and yeah. that's that, that was probably the one of the selling points of why we stuck with Mezcal. So there's a lot of fans out there. There's a lot of entrepreneurial fans out there. Just to finish up, what's your best piece of advice or best lesson that you've learned in the cage or out of the cage? It, it's tough, man. It's gonna hit people like in a weird spot, but all day long as human beings, if you, if you have a phone or a wallet, you're a target already, to marketing, to this, to that. There's so many opinions, I feel. There's so much, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants you to hear their opinion. You're getting bombarded everywhere you go with all these thoughts, it, it's hard to know what you yourself are thinking up here because the music is, is giving us messages, which I don't think are that good. The TV's giving us messages. And on top of that, you have to find your own avenue, create your own space with all this negativity around us. I think it's good to unplug for people, you know? Before you go into something, if you not everybody I know could do it, but if you can unplug, get away from your phone five, six hours every day and be able to just be by yourself, see, see what thoughts come out of here after a duration of time, after long periods of just you and your thoughts, 
Not your buddy telling you, hey, let's go to the bar and bowl and pick up chicks. No, just you. See what you come up with on your own. And I think that, that's helped me out tremendously. That could help out a lot of people, I feel, as well. well. I think so. And, Jorge, I really appreciate you coming on. You're a man who votes for what he wants and takes action to go get it. Yes, and sir. you truly are the baddest motherfucker on earth. Thank you, my what a pleasure.